Hello and welcome back to the Morning Catholic. I'm your host, Andrew Miller, along with Father Scott. Hello. Hello, Father Scott. Hello. Uh, before we get started, I need to do a quick shout out to our newest Patreon family member, mm-hmm. uh, James. Thanks for joining the family. Yeah. Uh, if you also would like to join the family, you can join us over at patreon.com slash the MC pod. That's patreon.com slash the MC pod. Happy Lent, Father Scott. Happy Lent, Andrew. So I was uh, coming at a giant the other day uh, before the Wednesday of Ashes. Yes. And a thought dawned on me. Something occurred to me that a lot of priests and Protestant pastors and quote-unquote religious people like to preach the gospel of non-suffering and not the gospel of suffering. So we think of if I spend 40 days and 40 nights in this desert of Lent, everything will be fine. But even in Ash Wednesday's gospel reading, mm-hmm. Jesus himself oh. says, take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Right. He also says to go pray in your room and not on the outside. If you fast, look like you're not. Correct. Wash your face. Yes. Dress nice. Yes. Don't be like the hypocrites. Right. So I, I, I take, I won't say I take issue, but this kind of dawned on me that a lot of like people that you see on TV, they talk about the good. They talk about all the good, but they don't talk about the suffering that has to happen yes. in order for the good to prevail. Mm. And how even in the gospel it says... That those who preach and are given accolades have received their reward. But those who do not receive accolades will receive their reward later. Correct. It seems to me that people like to be into the, I need to receive accolades now and not the accolades later. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is bothersome because the accolades later come in heaven. The accolades now may lead you to hell. Mm-hmm. This is fun. This is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So is there a reason that that we kind of preach the happy-go-lucky side of things and not the, not the suffering is going to happen side when we try to convert people or get people into religion to follow Jesus? Because... If you read the Gospels, suffering is everywhere in the Gospels. But it just seems like they always focus in on all like the, the little things of, like, he fed thousands of people. Yes, he did. But he also was beaten, berated, shoved down the street, thrown on a cross, mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he rose again. Thrown down a street, mm-hmm. died, was spit on, went into his synagogue, saw the moneymakers. Mm-hmm. That man suffered a lot. Yes. For a great reward later. Correct. But why do we focus in on the great reward now? That's a good question. Would you like me to extrapolate? Please. Very good. So I will now go on a rant. Um, over the last, this isn't, this isn't just Christianity. Um, this is the culture in general. It used to be that a culture would say, 
you are going would prepare their children to suffer, right? Because you're going to get out of the world. It's going to be hard. You're going to get knocked down. There's a great you know speech by Rocky Balboa in the movie Balboa. It doesn't matter how hard you get hit. It matters how hard you get hit and get up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's cool. So, so Rocky Balboa understood this, and, and that's why people love those movies, is because Rocky Balboa goes through a lot of suffering, but he always gets up off the mat, and he keeps on fighting, right? Right. Um, but there's the, every society or civilization before ours recognized that there's going to be suffering in life, and you need to uh, confront it, uh, you need to embrace it, and you need to sacrifice for a greater good. That message uh, was destroyed, uh, basically, with with the 60s, right? The 60s became more about what can you get out of this world and this life? And, 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 and so the church, who opened her doors to the world, it didn't convert the world. The world converted the church, right? And so the world converted the church to believe what the world believed, which was you can get, you, you can have a wonderful, happy, hunky-dory life, and you don't have to suffer to get it, right? And so the church was like, guess what? You can have a hunky, happy, hunky-dory life and get to heaven, and you don't have to suffer to get there. And uh, so, so that's, the, the, I think the church was converted by the world um, with, with a, um, this, not necessarily with Catholics, a prosperity gospel, but a gospel that said, suffering's not that important. You even see this in the architecture. They get away from Jesus bleeding on the cross to Jesus, you call it a resurrexifix, where he's like, hey, I've resurrected everybody. Everything's great. And um, so we, we purposefully, as a church, uh, moved away from focusing on suffering and started to focus on earthly pleasure and joy, earthly, earthly stuff, worldly stuff. So this this is a huge problem. I like how you brought this up because it's, it's, it sheds a light, uh, especially as you feel about this. You're like, they always emphasize the happy hunky-doriness uh, and how everything's going to be okey-doke. Uh, Dogma, the movie Dogma in the 90s, does a great line about this where one, some, some priest says, we're getting away from the crucifix and all that stuff, and we're going to do the buddy Christ. And, and it, there's a picture of Jesus pointing two fingers, and like the buddy Jesus. Yes. And you, everyone's like, oh, that is so stupid. But... It's kind of what we did. Um, so he's your buddy. He's your friend, um, which is true in a sense. But uh, it gets away. It gets away from uh, the suffering aspect, and it, it's not a religion that inspires martyrs, right? It's not a religion that inspires missionaries at this point. It's uh, it's just like, hey, we're we're cool. You're cool. We're all cool. It's cool. You know, you're accepted. You're welcomed. Just well, show up. Just show up once. Yeah. W- welcome once to what. It doesn't matter, <laughs> you know. It's it's. Uh, there's a great uh, Simpsons episode where Mar Bart becomes Catholic, and then his mother Marge tries to pull him back away from the Catholic religion, and she takes him to some paintballing thing. And Marge says something wonderful, which I loved, which was, "I knew there'd be some some silly, stupid thing that would bring you back to our side." And I said, "That's that's funny, Marge, because we spend so much of our time trying to find some silly, stupid new thing to convince people that Catholicism is cool." And it just falls on totally. It's like people don't want a religion that's cool. They want a religion that's real. And a religion that doesn't uh, address the problem of suffering is not a religion worthy of believing in. And, uh, and that's why a lot of millennials like yourselves, well, you guys believe, but there are a lot of millennials your age who don't because 
They're like, this doesn't acknowledge the reality of suffering. Um, this kind of um, happy, hunky-dory Catholicism. And Yeah, because if you preach this happy, hunky-dory Catholicism, when people run into... A pandemic. Death, like any type of death, suffering, anything like that, well, where's your God now? Why isn't God coming down and making everything better? Instead of turning towards him and, and seeing what you can do with this suffering. Right. How are you going to be able to help somebody else through their suffering if you can't even get through your own yes. suffering. Yes. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right about that. And, and I see this in the church. You see this sometimes when you, when you, when you uh, bring a problem to the church and then the church gives you some flippant answer, uh, you know, and, and you, you leave ticked. You're like, well, that, that was pathetic. You know, in terms of like, um, like something to help. Um, the church has to get comfortable with suffering. Um, it, this is this is why people are like, I can't believe the church is locked down back in Lent of last year, right? Yeah. They locked everything down. And I said, well, this is going to sound harsh. Ooh, this sounds too harsh to say over the airwaves. Do it anyway. Okay. Um, that, well, then you got to ask yourself, does the church really believe what she's selling? You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people would say, well, apparently not, if they're not going to fight for what they believe in. And so that's that's a big issue. You know, and um, and I, I've kind of seen. I mean, I remember my my uncle who hasn't been. He doesn't go to Catholic. He doesn't go to mass, but he was so livid. He's like, "How can you guys shut down just when everybody needs you the most? You run like the like the bad shepherd who just hides when the wolf comes." You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, I do think that's a major issue. But the the, the reason behind that is because. This is going to scandalize a lot of our listeners, but I think there's a fear. Uh, well, that a lot of um, if you were to push um, maybe some clerics, you know, and say, "What good does the Catholic religion bring to the world?" Just bluntly, like explain it to me in normal speech. Um, oh, and so sorry, I had, we're coming back in. We had to take a brief pause. Uh, I had to c- counsel someone, my brother-in-law, because uh, I just uh, I'm a what am I now? An uncle. Yes, you are. So, because uh, my sister Congratulations. Just, yes, yes. My sister and her, her husband had to zoom up to Hopkins to have a baby uh, because her water broke and the baby's premature. So, a good Catholic question was, should I baptize? And, and um, my counsel was, if, if a child is more than 50% in danger of death, you baptize immediately. And so, it was difficult for us to ascertain um, there were there were issues they were having uh, before um, to make me concerned enough, and I can't get there because of COVID. I can't get into the room. Right. So I just said, "Go ahead. When in doubt, give it out." So baptize that little baby, and get that little baby baptized. And so he's going to do that, which is kind of exciting. So I have given him full authority and delegation to do so, which I don't have the authority to do uh, because of course by not. law, by law, actually, I can't. You should, in a case of emergency. As a, as a parent, when it's an emergency, do the baptism. I think so, a pandemic with a premature baby. Yeah, COVID it, situation. Yeah. It's a go. Yeah. It's a go. Green light, go, go. go. <laughs> exactly. But anywho, you were talking about sh- the shutdowns and... Yes. Oh, yes, yes. So so the issue really is, and a lot of priests feel this way too, 
Uh, and so if you have a parish priest, go up to them and console them with great words of consolation, which would be, we still believe in you, uh, you know, because the priests are feeling kind of like, we, we signed up to serve Jesus, right? And, um, and not, and, and if, if, you, if you came up as a, as an ordin- uh, to be ordained the priest in the midst of all these sex scandals and everything, you've already chosen a career path which will be incredibly unpopular among your friends. So you got nothing left to lose. Except if someone says, oh yeah, by the way, this religion thing and receiving communion and the sacraments, all that, not essential. That cuts to the core. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, but this is what I gave my life for. And they're like, yeah, is it really that important? So, so for a priest, what, what, what really hurts a priest's heart isn't so much when, when people hate you, that also hurts somewhat. But when they don't care, that hurts more. Um, because you're, you're like, you know, give me hot or cold, but the lukewarm I will spit out of my mouth or vomit out of my mouth. Um, because because it, it hurts when you give your life to something and nobody gives a rip uh, that you're doing that. And so there's a lot of priests out there. I'll admit it because I got nothing left to lose. But um, <laughs> But a lot of priests out there, I guarantee you, are going through the same thing where it's like, um, so, and, and then the people have gotten that message as well. I mean, they're like, well, do you really believe in this? You know this, you know this in the pews. Bill Burr does a great shtick on this on one of his comedy things. He says, um, you know, it always, he, he, this is Bill Burr, he's a comedian. He said, um, you know, it seems like whenever I would go to church, the priests really didn't believe in what they were preaching. And his comedy skit goes, you know, um, he would say at the beginning, the gospel according to Matthew, you know what I mean? And, and it, was, it was kind of funny because we all know that's how we start the gospel. But, yeah. but his point also was, this is how those Christians thought back then. That's not how we moderns think at all. And the message a lot of people got was the word of God doesn't inform. Uh, it is, scripture is not helpful. So why are we here? Why are we doing this? I think it's the fundamental existential question that every millennial Catholic has to answer for themselves at this point, in some degree, they can get counsel from a priest who believes in Catholicism. But they also need to be able to say, why, why am I here? And they need an answer for that. Uh, and it's ironic because the baby boomers are approaching it from a totally different angle. The baby boomers are saying, hey, we're just like everybody else. Uh, don't worry. We're not going to judge you. And the, the millennials are coming in like... Those, that's not my problem. I don't care if you judge me because I don't believe in anything you're saying anyway. And so they're, they're coming from a completely different, like, we want to know why the religion is true uh, and if it's something that we should actually believe in. Is this a believable religion? And, um, and for many of a, a millennial who's drifted away, the answer they have come up with is no. Um, and, but that's beyond the ability for a lot of the baby boomers to imagine. Um, so, you know, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall and all the king's horses or all the bishop's horses or all the pope's horses and all the pope's men, will they be able to put Humpty Dumpty back together again? That's what I wonder. And I don't know, I don't think it's actually, to be honest with you, I don't think they will. I think the, the folks who are going to put this back together are going to be folks like you and Jackie and our listeners here at Millennial Cat, <laughs> right? Who are going to find a way to, to, um, stay Catholic in the midst of, to, to rediscover what it really means to be Catholic. There's also, I, I, I think, we, we talk about this a lot, but um, 
there's a, there's a lot of young millennial Catholics moving towards a more traditional liturgy because they're trying to find something to believe in. They're like, okay, I can believe in this old stuff. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't, because I'm trying to rediscover the mystical life. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, these are, these are tough, these are tough things, but I think, I think that the lockdowns, I talked to other brother priests about this, and they're like, that was awful. That's and, almost been a year ago. Yeah, but it's gonna, it, it remains in the minds of, of many clerics, because... But that's not, like, that was a year ago. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That wasn't, like, five years Correct. ago. Correct. Like, no, that like was... Like when Pope Francis visited the United States, that was five years ago. Remember how different yeah. the church felt back then compared to what it feels like now. I mean, it's night and day, so... But that was literally a year ago that we were going to be shut down for, like, two weeks and we would all be back by Pentecost, you oh, know, or know. by, like, Pentecost and... And then we were gone for, like, two months. And here we are scraping 40 people at a mass. Correct. Correct. We are really hurting here. Um, so, uh, but we saw a lot come back for Ash Wednesday, which is great. But people are going to have to find a reason. There's going to have to be a spiritual reawakening if people are going to come back to the church now. Um, but then we've also talked about this. If you can just get rid of obligation, then what's the point? Like you, you know, not you, per- like, but like, you know, the bishop says, ah, there's no obligation. Right. Why was there an obligation to begin with? Correct. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They'll just and a lot of a lot of people who've fallen away from their Christian faith because I, I talk to others who've who've done this who're not Catholic, but they say it's like you guys just make this up as you go along. And how can we believe in that? And I go, that's a great point. That is a great point. So the more we change, uh, the more we actually erode people's faith um, because they want to believe in something that is stable not something that's just made up willy-nilly on the fly. Uh, and a lot of what we do now feels made up willy-nilly on the fly. Now, now the, right, the problem is we got rid of the Sunday obligation, but I didn't hear people saying, but keep the Sabbath holy, right? Right. That, that's the follow-up. Like, the commandment of God is to keep the Sabbath holy. The precept of the church is to go to Mass every Sunday. But if you can't go to Mass every Sunday, you still need to keep that rhythm of doing something to keep the Sabbath holy. And um, people uh, have been, Catholics have been such in, a, in kind of a consumer mentality, which is like we go to church to consume something, right? They don't go to church to sacrifice something, right? And so, the well, they do a little bit, but um, but now, now it's, it, we got to... It, it's going to be it's going to be pretty funny when we bring back the obligation and say, "Hey, everybody, come back to church. It's good now." I mean, but can you at this point? You could, and they will, uh, which will be interesting. Uh, There's going to be an uprising. Like, it, it, no, nothing will happen. They will no. just they'll just I mean, say yeah. they'll just say, well, "We don't believe in this anymore." And um, uh, so, why why do we need to take this obligation seriously? Yeah, but then you can't really bring the obligation back until what? At mm-hmm. least another year, if not two. Well, it's funny. I would say don't bring back the obligation. Just uh, tell people that in order to go to heaven, you got to go to mass every Sunday. But don't make it an obligation. <laughs> and 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 that's the thing. People feel an obligation to go to church, but but why is there an obligation to go to church once a week, right? Why is that important? And and if you were to if you were to push an average Catholic in the pew, why is okay? The church has an obligation to go to mass each Sunday. Why? Why is that important? Like in plain language, 
tell me why you think it's important to go to Mass every Sunday. And they would say to receive the Eucharist. Well, why is that important? You received it once earlier in your life. Why do you need to do it again? Uh, and then there would be like, oh. Um, and, and there's such a lack of understanding in catechesis that we can't answer these simple questions about why the church exists, why the priesthood exists, why we go to Mass every Sunday, in plain speak. We, we like to code it with lots of flowery language uh, to hide our lack of understanding. But we, we gotta, you gotta, so, so you need like hard-cutting truth uh, to kind of make sense of it. So why do you go to Mass once a week? Um, I do this as a religious practice to offer up my, my sacrifice and yours, as it says in the, in the Missal, mm. to offer up my sacrifice and yours to the Lord. This is, this is part of my, who I am. This is part of my tradition. This is the part of the way I pray. Um, but p- you, people don't know that in their bones anymore, which is really troubling. And it's something that the millennials are having to, to totally rediscover. And it's going to be, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a huge under, it's going to be a huge undertaking. So realistically, I think what will happen is you'll see the church will shrink massively over the next 20 years. I don't see, I don't see anything other than that. Um, uh, so the, the question's going to be, people are going to have to, there has to be a spiritual reawakening and, um, that religious practice is important. I mean, you think about the people who came to the United States, they fled from other places because of religious persecution because they couldn't practice their faith, right? Right. Who would flee now? Think about this. Like your average person, if you said, hey, you won't be able to practice your faith anymore. Uh, what do you think of that? Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, oh, well. So there's, there's, there's a lack of, it's just, it's just straight up a lack of faith. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a straight up lack of faith. I mean, it's, it, Jesus, when he, when he left, right, and he went to heaven, he ascended into heaven, he said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? And, and the biggest problem we got right now, just across the board, is just a lack of faith. And that's something, that's a gift. Um, it's also a gift that you have to be predisposed to receive. And if you're constantly being entertained, if you're constantly on the internet, if you're constantly on YouTube, if you're constantly distracted uh, from suffering uh, and death, um, mm. then you don't, need, you don't need all this religion stuff, you know? So it's a problem. It's not a good place to end because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to end the podcast with, eh, so you don't really need all this religion stuff. So we got to find a happy way to, to land the plane here, Andrew. Do we? Sometimes crashing and burning is the only option. Well, yeah, but I, 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 I'm thinking about this. This gets back to your original point. Suffering, right? Yes. Um, we're going to be a church that suffers. Of course. Forward. And, and We've and, been a church that suffers essentially its entire life. Well, maybe not for the last 40 years. You know, in not terms as... of kind of cushy. There mm. was a cushiness to it. Um, they, there, was a, there was a sense that Everything is fine. The world is perfect in every way. La, 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 la. Um, and, and there wasn't much suffering, so the church didn't have much of a role um, to, to, help, to help people through these existential crises that they have in life. Um, and also, I don't think she, was a, she, she didn't train her priests to, to deal with, with suffering, just to intellectually formed to understand how to, to help people grow in their relationship with God. Um, 
So, so the good news, well, the bad news is we're all going to get crucified. Bad news. It's going to be tough. The, the transition is going to be a lot of sacrifice, a lot of suffering. The church is going to get smaller. People are going to feel like a lot of despair. It's a lot of suffering. The good news is out of that, you're going to see a rebirth in the faith. You know what I mean? Uh, God has done this repeatedly throughout the history of the people of Israel and the church itself. Um, you see this after the French Revolution, kind of a reawakening of faith. Um, and uh, you see this, uh, you see this in um, Israel, uh, right? When they got uh, cast out into the Babylonian exile for their sins, they came back. I'm not sure how this is all going to play out, but um, and maybe maybe it won't play out in the world. But I, I, I talk to other priests because I'm young, because I, I still have hope. But the older priests have forsaken hope, which is a wonderful thing. Um, they have said, you cannot look for hope in this world, only in the next. And our goal, I think, as Catholic Christians is to carry our crosses with Jesus. Like you said at the beginning, our reward will not come from the likes and the increase in people coming to Mass. It will come, our reward will be felt interiorly knowing that we are living lives pleasing to God. And that's our, that, should be our, that should be our hope, to live a life pleasing to God.